If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and we got a great show planned for you. We are talking all things football leading up to the big moment countdown to kickoff tomorrow evening we have one more sleep boys and girls until the nfl regular season is officially back but that doesn't mean we are missing some news and notes around the league we'll start in houston where tarod taylor is officially the starter this weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But what is kind of quizzical is that Deshaun Watson remains on the roster as the number three quarterback and will most likely be healthy scratched for the majority of this season as his sexual assault lawsuit allegations continue to resolve themselves. It is the anti-Trevor Bauer. He's allowed to be around his teammates. So we will see how this plays out. And Houston is not shying away from it. They are keeping him around, at least for the time being. All the way up from Houston to San Francisco, where Coach Kyle Shanahan was playing a little close to the vest, but Jimmy G let it slip today that he's most likely going to get the start this weekend, beating out Trey Lance for the starting quarterback job for the 49ers. Knowing Jimmy G... And his injury history, we will see how long Trey Lance sits behind him before he gets some burn. And speaking of burn, this guy, he's probably burned a little bit. Latavius Murray was cut by the New Orleans Saints in favor of an undrafted second-year player in Tony Jones Jr. After the Saints approached Murray to take a pay cut even though he has certainly played well and has been deserving of that money, particularly in Alvin Kamara's absence. But a pretty good fantasy running back is available on the open market. So keep an eye out on for that and adjust your rosters accordingly. And uh, we will see where that goes. And here he is. I've seen this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? It's a big show, right? That's how we yeah. let off today. It's the big show. It's a big show. It's a big show. We welcome back our fans who love football. I'm sure that they took the last couple of months off from hearing us, but now 
that football is getting ready to start tomorrow. They're in full effect. So welcome back, a huge group, a huge audience. And yeah, I, I, when I think about Latavius Murray getting cut, the first team I think about is the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. And I wonder if they're going to get in on that guy because he's been huge for the Saints the last couple of years. Ravens went out and signed L. Bell. We'll get into that a little bit later. But really, you know, the big talking point, it's it's TB versus Dak. Opening night, fight night, tomorrow night. I don't know. Who you got tomorrow night? What are you thinking about the, the opening night game? Well, first and foremost, of course, it's the Dallas Cowboys, right? It just feels like, yeah, we got to suck up to Jerry Jones. And we have to kiss the ass of the blue star when they have not been relevant in years. But that's neither here nor there. You definitely have a very interesting matchup, all things considered, because you have Tom Brady leading the charge of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fielding the same roster from last year, trying to make it a repeat with the exact same players. That is a big story moving forward. With the Cowboys, you're looking not just at the health of Dak Prescott, which is paramount considering the fact that he finally got his contract extension and then he got his ankle dislocated, then had shoulder problems. He's definitely going to be uh, he's going to be the center of attention. But for me, I'm looking at the fact that Zach Martin is not going to be there and that JPP and Shaq Barrett are going to be on the other side. Levante David is going to be on the other side of that line. And, and the Bucks get I, Sue back. And the Bucks get Sue back. So that's going to affect the run game. That's going to definitely affect, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott's performance. And... I'm not going to give you my pick just yet. That's called a teaser, boys and girls. But this is definitely a matchup that can be exploited at the line of scrimmage. And this is going to be showtime for Micah Parsons, right? The linebacker, Penn State, highly touted. Lots of praise being heaped on him for his ability and his football IQ. This young man will be tested he is facing possibly the greatest tactician of our generation in quarterbacks and possibly one of the greatest tacticians as a quarterback ever in TV 12. So those are the, the couple little nuances that I'm going to be looking for. Is it going to be sloppy? Yes. Are there going to be a lot of penalties? Yes. It's week one. You're not really going to see any crisp football until week four, week five. I keep saying that, but it's going to be a hell of a show. Yeah, I mean, Dak seems overly confident. I mean, he has me thinking they're going to win. Uh, does he know something we don't? I mean, he he really has me thinking. Like, they're really ready to rock and roll. And, and if we remember last season before Dak got hurt, he was lighting it up. He was on pace for really a career year. Um, and then he goes down. Uh, Bucks get Sue back, like I, I, I said earlier. 
But Dal- and Dallas loses Zach Martin. I think that's huge for them. Over-unders 52. I was thinking along the lines of a 31-20 score. But I think everybody should definitely take the over on this one. New thing we'll do this year. We'll talk about over and unders. Uh, initially, I thought Brady and company were going to blow them out. I mean, you think that you know Tom had a full offseason this time. Uh, everybody was in camp. Uh, all the guys are back from last year. AB's playing the slot. Evans and Godwin on the outside. He's got three capable tight ends in Howard, Brate, and Gronkowski. Uh, the all 11 defensive starters return. They're all healthy. Uh, their uh, D coordinator signed a fat new deal. So, really, I thought the Bucks were going to roll these guys opening night in Tampa. Tom's not losing to Dallas. But really, hearing. Hearing Dak talk the last couple of days, it sounds like like he's ready to go. And this is a guy that hasn't played in a really, really long time in, in action. So I'm really interested to see how the first couple of series go. I'm interested to see if Zeke gets started. I'm interested to see if the Bucks can stop the run. I'm interested to see who Tom is hitting if he's spraying the ball around going to be a long day for Dallas. I'm interested to see what Dan Quinn has cooked up for Tom because he's very familiar with Tom. Dan Quinn was the offense, was the defensive coordinator for the Jets for a number of years. He was on the, the Seattle staff that, that lost to Tom in the Super Bowl. He was also on the Atlanta staff who blew the lead to Tom in the Super Bowl. So he's very familiar with Tom Brady and company. Uh, these are just a couple of things I'm looking for. I want to see who Dak's throwing to. I want to see if Lamb's his guy. I want to see if Cooper's his guy. I want to see how how much uh, Tony Pollard gets involved on third down. A lot of things to look out for. Really interested to, to see this McCarthy defense. And, you know, football's back, and here we go. Absolutely. The most important thing is that football is going to be back. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of what you said, that's for sure. The Dallas Cowboys cannot – I mean, granted, they paid Dak Prescott that exorbitant amount of money, but this is a run-first team. This cannot be a pass-first team. If Dak Prescott is going to ignore or if the Buccaneers neutralize Ezekiel Elliott, it's going to be a long night for Dak Prescott because – The secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, they were a little hold happy last year, particularly Sean Murphy bunting, but they can play. And let's not forget Antoine Winfield Jr. on the other side of that ball. But they they have players on that side of the ball. So it's definitely going to be, it's going to be more well-rounded on the Tampa Bay side. You have the continuity. I definitely think it's going to be a little there's gonna be more gelling on that side to your point who is Dak Prescott's main target gonna be right does it end up being even Michael Gallup right Michael Gallup is a solid number three receiver but if he's throwing consistently to Michael Gallup that could be a long day for the Cowboys and again no tight end to speak of that they are still trying to replace Jason Witten, and the tight end was such a key cog in this offense for years that it could certainly it could certainly benefit them to 
develop a tight end, whether it's Jarwin or somebody else on the roster. Uh, you know, it's it's time for somebody else, somebody unexpected to take the reins. As far as somebody unexpected on the Bucks, I mean, is he unexpected? I, I think Scotty Miller. Like, Scotty Miller is poised to have a big season now that he is a known quantity. I, I think he's one of those guys that could definitely take a step up and possibly push out one of these other guys if they underperform. But speaking of underperform and potential, we have a wide range of rookie quarterbacks starting this weekend. So you'll have Mac Jones. You're going to have Trevor Lawrence. You're going to have Zach Wilson. You're going to have Justin Fields waiting in the wings. You're going to have Trey Lance waiting in the wings. So put it's time to put your prognostication cap on. Which rookie quarterback is getting the win first? Yeah, uh, before I even get into who's going to get the win first, let's talk a little bit more about that Dak contract. If you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting 40. He's getting, I think, $160 million over the next few years, right? Over the next four years. Now, imagine if Dallas, instead of signing Dak, they signed one of these rookie one of these rookie uh, quarterbacks, right? You had Trey Lance, who's getting $34 million or $36 million. You got Zach Wilson getting $35 million. You got Mac Jones only getting $16 million. You don't think Dallas would be just as good with one of these guys playing quarterback? Well, I they, I, I think, well... That's the thing, though. It depends. If you're get, if you're on the richer end of that spectrum, you can't afford to fill in with some of those pieces, right? Yeah. With Mac Jones and with the Patriots being as savvy as they are and taking him where they did, they saved close to twenty, $20 million dollars. Twenty million dollars. So please tell us how Bill Belichick has kind of lost his mind how as did, a how player did, personnel. How, how, how did the league let this happen? How did the league let them get Mac Jones? Oh my gosh. I blame oh, Todd McShay. Man. I blame Todd McShay man. and Mel Kuyper. This guy. So, uh, yeah, back to your question. I think uh, I think Trevor Lawrence gets his first win against the Texans this weekend. Uh, I don't think rookies go over. Like, you know, I, I don't think they all lose. I do think Lawrence wins. Mac Jones might even win, but he's got a tough he's got a tough bout against the Dolphins in Foxborough. Usually the Dolphins have a little trouble when they go to Foxborough. They handle the Patriots better when they're in Miami, but I think Mac Jones surprises everybody and outperforms all of the rookies this weekend. Uh, Zach Wilson, man, he might lose 31 nothing down in Carolina to Sam <laughs> Darnold. Would that be hilarious? And Trey Lance, yeah, well, you alluded it to, you, you said it earlier, He's going to be on the bench for the first week. Uh, So he's likely not to get any W's anytime soon. I could make the argument that of the starters, they could go three and out. It's possible. It definitely is possible. And knowing Andrew Dalton, like we do, I could see Justin Fields coming in relief and leading the Bears to victory over the Rams. I can see that. In my mind's eye. Is it realistic? Is it probable? No. 
but is it possible? Anything is within the realm of possibility. That's the NFL. That's the beauty of it. How but the about, most likely yeah, yeah. Most is going to be Trevor Lawrence. But I'm looking at that Houston depth chart, man. They're not that bad. Like they're not. We shit on the Houston Texans, and sometimes rightfully so. But they're fielding a professional offense. You'll have Taylor. You'll have Ingram. You have Lindsey. You're gonna. You know. You have three or four wideouts. Granted, one of them is Anthony Miller. But you know. You have. You even have David Johnson. David Johnson's like your third on your depth chart. So you you definitely have some representative players. Like that game could go either way for me. But most likely Trevor Lawrence is going to take home that win there. But you know, it, it's definitely going we're definitely going to see what they have, what all these rookies have. And how uh, how ugly is this Houston Texans situation? I mean, they're they're starting Tyrod Taylor over Deshaun Watson. Does that mean Deshaun, does he even dress for the game? Like, what a disaster this has become. Now, I, I think I, I have a real problem with the NFL. Like, if they're going to suspend this guy, get it on with it already. Like, how are the Houston, how are the Houston Texans supposed to operate not knowing the fate of this man? And how are, and how's anybody supposed to trade for him or see value in him if they don't even know if he's going to be able to play? Like, what is the NFL waiting for? Like, if this was the Ray Rice situation, everybody would up be up in arms over this shit. Like, what is going on? The difference is they had Ray Rice. But it's like the one thing. He couldn't deny it because you had Ray Rice on video. Like, that's why they're going to allow this to play out in the courts. Because there's still a possibility that this was BS. But, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's 22, 22 allegations against him. So, you know, it, This guy it is making $10 million this year standing on the sideline. And he's like, going to be a healthy scratch. D- Davis Mills is most likely going to be the start of the backup. Like, so, I, I I don't know what they're doing. I mean, it's very now, similar. Now, now it, Tyrod Ty Taylor has a history of getting concussions and getting hurt. Now, what happens if Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and Mills gets hurt? What are the Texans going to do? They have to play him. Well, I don't know. It depends on what the, uh, it depends at this point what the organizational end is. If they're committed to, you know, kind of rebuild, they might just flush it. Like, we, who's to say at this point? This Especially, dude is, this dude is due thirty-five million dollars next year. <laughs> yeah, I, it, you know that's a ridiculous amount of money for somebody who is not going to play, and that's that's pretty insane. But I mean, it's the anti-Bauer, right? It's pretty much the antithesis of the Bauer situation because Major League Baseball stepped in and they put him on administrative leave eight times. So, you know, clearly, like, they want to see that things get done, whether or not, you know, whether or not he is guilty, they just, they want to see it away from baseball, so it's not put, it's not casting a cloud or putting a black eye on the game and one of their partner teams, 
Goodell, I don't know. Maybe he needs to take a page out of Rob Manfred's book here. I, I don't know that he's going to do that. But like, kudos to Major League Baseball for stepping in to a bad situation and extricating themselves from it. But Because this is going to be something, until he gets cleared or he gets traded, this is going to kind of hang over Houston all year. Because you know as well as I do, they're not a good, a good team. So... There's always well, going to be the, doubt. One of the things you said earlier was you could see a scenario where all three rookie quarterbacks go 3-0 and this weekend. And I can uh, really go the mile and argue that Zach Wilson is going to get his head kicked in this weekend. But <laughs> maybe... Maybe I'm wrong because more and more analysts are coming out saying that Zach Wilson is the best in class. Should we keep track of all the people saying this guy is good or are we just wrong? I mean, it's possible that we're wrong. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong because you have them winning this. You have this man possibly going into Sam Darnold's new home and embarrassing him in front of his new fans. You right. really you do not have any respect for Sam Darnold. I mean, Sam Darnold's no. a grown man. He's not going to let this little kid come in there and backslap him, right? You would think, but we've also seen Sam Darnold shit the bed. So I mean, he's got he's got weapons now. There's no excuse for Sam. There's McCaffrey. There's Anderson. There's more. Uh, they even have a good tight end whose last name I believe is Arnold. They have a, a, a coming together of a defense. I really I drafted their third wide receiver, Marshall Jr. I'm expecting big things from him this weekend. He's going to start for me, fantasy fans. You, you can't really be on board with all these guys comparing Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. Let's recall that Aaron Rodgers in his first year, I believe he went six and ten. He did. Now on on a team on a team that I believe was in the NFC Championship game the year before. With Brett Favre, yes, that's correct. Now, don't misconstrue this. Just because I think it's possible that he wins doesn't mean that I'm saying it's likely or even you know, guaranteed that he's going to win. Anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday. As trite as that is, that is true. Like, I, for God's sake, I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals have a shot against the Vikings. You know, the, the worst teams can always rise up to meet the level of competition. Now, will that be because of Zach Wilson? I don't know. It could be, but it could also be a defense that Pester Sam Darnold. Darnold not. So it is possible that Sam Darnold. I really think that they should have kept Teddy Bridgewater. That's me. You know, they traded him off to Denver and say la vie. But I don't. I'm not, I'm you're, not you're, sure. you're basing. You're basing. The problem is, is that they're basing all this off practice and 20 pass attempts in the preseason, right? And don't don't give me his college career. They're just he didn't play the stiffest competition, right? So look at t- look at guys who didn't play the stiffest of competition 
they they're not showing themselves to be very good. So Carson Wentz, eh, the only out now, challenge because Josh Allen is supremely talented. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's definitely mobile. He's an MVP candidate. Zach Wilson, let's not anoint him just yet. I mean, who's on this list at this point? You have what? Max Kellerman. You have pretty much everybody on ESPN. Swagoo. Swagoo. Right. Come on. Right. Now, when a football player tells me that they see potential, okay, that my ears start to perk up, right? Like, you have my attention. So, I. it's possible that we're Dan Orlovs- Dan Orlovs- oh, Dan Orlovsky- Dan Orlovsky's a coward. Like, Aaron, no, Rogers, not- Aaron Rodgers says he's got a bright future. Is that like saying a fat girl's nice? Is that the same kind of thing? Or you think he well, really means it? You, I think he really means it because he doesn't play for the Packers. <laughs> I, I really think if he was, if Zach Wilson was his backup, he'd be like, fuck this. Get him out of here. And you know that, and I know that. But yeah, I, maybe they see something we don't, but. You get, well, I I mean, know. Uh, you look at Jets' track record, you look at the history of the franchise, and you look at what, you, you just look at what the kid has been doing, and it's like, yeah, I don't see it. I don't, you know, that leaves us room to be impressed, though. So Here, Here's the thing, it's like, I can't give you the snap counts, like, I can't tell you how many snaps Zach played compared to how many snaps uh, Fields played, but I do know that in the game, uh, one of the preseason games Fields played, he forgot to slide the protection and he almost died. His helmet was taking clear and all clean off his head and he hit the turf like a bag of bricks. So, I mean, this is a live game. These are going to be starters. They're coming after this guy. I just, I can't, I can't imagine that he's going to, after playing for BYU, he's going to walk into an NFL huddle and walk into an NFL game and light it up. I just can't I can't see it. I can't see it at all. With a guy that had no veteran leadership in camp, is playing some Mickey Mouse offense that is a dummy-down version of Matt LaFour's offense. And, yeah, I, I am, I'm very interested to see that game. I am so interested to see that game that if they opened on Thursday night, I would be just as excited as watching Tom play the Dallas Cowboys tomorrow night. I'm not kidding. I really am because I want to see it. I want to see how much, how, how good is Sam Darnold with talent around him? And I want to see how good is this kid from BYU that he got taken ahead of Mac Jones in the teens and ahead of Justin Fields at 10, 11, or 12. Like, really? That that the 49ers traded up to try to get him based on him, and we're like, all right, I guess we'll take Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a nice little... We're going to pay uh, this guy 30, $34 million to back up Jimmy G. A $35 million consolation prize. Right. That's pretty... Uh, yeah, that's there's pretty... A lot, there's a lot at stake in that Carolina game. And granted, yeah, I... Mark Sanchez came out. I believe he won his first game. Sam Darnold came out and won his first game despite throwing two interceptions. So, it could happen. 
need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge? Well, I have the answer for all three. As You Eat It, hosted by me, Z. I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook. Eat how you want to eat. Eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. But uh, when I'm, another game I'm really looking forward to seeing this weekend, Browns Chiefs. Man, this has the potential to be a shootout. Do the Browns even have a chance to go into Arrowhead and beat these guys? 100% they do. Why? Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You control the ball. You control the clock. You keep Mahomes off the field. You have a shot. You definitely can. Baker Mayfield needs to minimize his mistakes. And that defense needs to get to Mr. Mahomes. Miles Garrett needs to play like the number one pick. Jadavion Clowney needs to play like the former number one pick. These guys need to pressure Mahomes and get him off his spot. Make sure that he is not freelancing and, you know, buying time for Tyreek Hill to run past everybody. <laughs> but the key, the key to victory for me is ball control on the part of Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns. If they do that, not only do they have a chance, I think they'll win. I mean, I I think this is a shootout. Um, most of the people in the league that I've been talking to, they don't see it that way. They really think that the Kansas City Chiefs have improved their defense by moving Chris Jones to defensive end. And... They're going to be able to stop the run game of the Cleveland Browns, force them to pass, and force turnovers. I, I, the the over-under is 52.5. I'm taking the over. I think Chubb and Hunt run wild. I think Kelsey and Hill have two touchdowns each. And I'm not just saying that because they're on my fantasy team. Uh, I'd be interested to see the Chiefs' defensive game plan. I want to see... I also want to see if Baker starts the season on fire. He's in a contract year. I want to see him come into Arrowhead, grabbing his crotch, and throwing touchdown passes. I want to see the bravado and the moxie of this guy come out this year. Because he's betting on himself. He didn't get the extension. Most people were saying he shouldn't and that he needs to play. And he's proved himself everywhere he's ever been. Everywhere he's ever been, he, he proved himself in Texas Tech, got moved on to the Sooners, became number one overall uh, first-round pick, led the Cleveland Browns to their first win in over a year over the Jets, and he's he's he got them into the playoffs. He, he's clearly the right guy to turn this around. He's not Johnny Manziel. He's, he's, the, he's the guy. So I want to see if if they start off 0-1 or 1-0, and what kind of fight they put up. Never mind the fact they also... The Browns had a lead against the Chiefs last year in the playoffs. Oh, That's, yeah, they did. So, yeah. yeah. So, Sorensen like, forcing the fumble on the goal line 
right before the half, causing the safety that chain, not causing the touchback, changed the whole game. The it whole did. game. It did. It changed the complexion of the game, but it also speaks to the myth of Baker Mayfield that you just created, right? It's the, the that you just espoused. All of this is true about Baker Mayfield, and there's no reason why they can't take the next step. The only thing that could stop them, the only thing that could stop him is him. They, you know, you said last week he cannot, because he's in a contract here, he cannot slide back. But that's the problem with a player that's a gunslinger, right? How many times did we see Brett Favre do the same thing? We think it's going to be, it's a sure thing. And then he just throws four picks and shits the bed. Yeah, the only thing that's sure about Brett Favre is he's going to throw an interception and assault his massage therapist, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Forget about Brett Favre. He's, Baker's going to be better than Brett Favre. Uh, but, I just got a text message here. Like, I probably, I'll wait till later. <laughs> I'll open it later. I'm, there'll be a surprise for me there. I hope not. <laughs> I gotta hope not. We love you, um, Brett. Um, so... You know, we, we talked about the Browns and the Chiefs and then, you know, their their biggest competition really in the AFC, aside from, you know, we think the Chargers are going to do well, but the Ravens. And the Ravens had another back go down this week in Hill, and they had to sign Le'Veon Bell to their practice squad. And my question for you is, is, is this running, is L. Bell the running back depth that they need? Does this make sense to you? It, it feels like a low-risk move to me because it was not a main roster contract. It was a practice squad, make-good type deal. They also had Devontae Freeman in for this workout, and they chose Bell over Freeman. So they definitely... They definitely I believe I had something. this. I believe I had this. I believe I had this. I said they would sign you did. him. You did, but I also had Freeman on there too. So like we both had the two guys that they called. They didn't call Gurley. So they didn't call Peterson. Nobody's like, going girly, man. It's terrible. No, which is crazy to me. But, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's a make-good contract kind of thing. Like, if they could get anything out of, out of them, great. But I have a feeling that Coach Harbaugh isn't going to take any shit. So he doesn't seem like the type. And the Ravens don't seem like the type of organization that will take shit from practice squad players. So you said it before. I like Latavius Murray. I think that would be a fine addition to that running back room. Along with Gus Edwards, I think that would be a fine pairing. And that would definitely get the Ravens and keep them in the conversation. And L. Bell definitely has something to prove. But, you know, at this point, he's going to be, what, 29 years old. He, eh, it's just, just not doesn't look likely that this will be the band-aid the saints really did latavius murray dirty man they waited and they waited an hour before his three million dollar bonus was going to kick in before they cut him like, that's that's just that's trash, pretty messed man. up that's, that's messed trash up. man like let this guy go out and get a job if, if you're gonna because they didn't even play him in the preseason which was really really dirty man but uh yeah, I think Latavius Murray is a great fit for the Ravens. He's not a guy that you'd sign the practice squad. He's a guy that signs on the active roster, and he would rack up Gus Edwards pretty well. Now, L. Bell signed to the practice squad. They did the same thing last year with Des Bryant, or two years ago with Des Bryant. It was probably two years. 
was it last it was year? Two years ago. Two years ago with Des Bryant. Des Bryant, I think he played in six games, caught three touchdown passes, but he wasn't who he used to be. I actually think this is the end of the road for El Bell. As terrible as this sounds, um, if he can't get from practice squad to active roster and make an impact at 29 years old, man, you fell off a cliff hard. Hard, right? For If you remember a couple years ago, he's trying to become like the highest paid running back. He held out a whole year. Then he signs on with the Jets. Is awful. I think they wanted to be... I think they cut him or they traded him. And then he goes and joins the Kansas City Chiefs, doesn't get any burn, makes it to the Super Bowl, and then he has the audacity to badmouth Andy Reid and doesn't catch on anywhere kin to get in the camp with anybody. But he was he's dynamic. He's a dynamic back when he's healthy. And the main question for me was is if he's in shape, the Ravens should sign him. He's used to AFC North football. He can go north and south. He's a patient runner. He's he's talented. Uh, I just I, I really hope Todd Gurley finds a home. Um, maybe the Jets should sign Todd Gurley. That's not so bad, right? They had Frank Gore last year. Why not have Todd Gurley? Yeah. I mean, a veteran running back would definitely behoove the Jets. Any kind, any developing team would benefit <laughs> from or would benefit from having a veteran quarterback. The Jets uh, would benefit from any veteran presence at any position. At this point. Yeah, they. I think they have the youngest roster in the league right now. So, I, yeah. So I, I think it's something that they definitely should. You know, they should definitely give Gurley or Peterson a call and just you know, even just to get him in the room. That's all you need to do. But as far as L Bell goes, for me, it's not physical. For me, it's the the mentality, right? The the fall was just so steep and sharp from highest paid, quote unquote, best running back, right, to and also ran. So it definitely, I mean, we debated this even before there was a fade route. We were debating whether or not this was a smart move by Le'Veon Bell. Bet on yourself and all that. And... We identified early there was going to be either the Jets or the Lions. Like, and there, there's something to hang your hat on, right? I'm going to either go to the sorry-ass Jets or the sorry-ass Lions. But I got my money. And that was the thing. Bell was so focused on the money. And I get that in football. I understand non-guaranteed contracts. And you're constantly under a state of, you know, your body's constantly racked with pain and But sitting out ultimately set him back quite a bit. And it really started the process to where we are now. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm going to love myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, 
set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. Speaking of the process, college football is underway and the process of Alabama decimating opponents has begun. (laughs) Alabama destroyed the U, who's not some schlub school. They are the number 14 ranked team in the country. 44 to 13, Bryce Young, the uber-talented rookie who's replacing Mac Jones, went 27-38 to for 344 and four touchdowns. Are we just are we just waiting to crown them? Should we just fast forward to the national championship with them against whoever? Or uh, is this actually going to be a season? Man, after one weekend of college football, I would just like to see Georgia play Alabama in the national championship and just get it over with. Both schools <laughs> looked mighty good. Uh, I do not see any other teams playing at that high of a level. Notre Dame almost lost to FSU. Brian Kelly has been at Notre Dame for 10 years now. Can you believe that? Really? 10 huh. years. And nothing to show for it. Well, he got to a couple One title of game. He got to a couple Final Fours, though, right? They're, I don't know. I think he's been in the mix. But yeah, no uh... titles. Notre Dame doesn't win titles anymore. <laughs> They live off their res- they live off your reputation. Pretty yeah. much. That, that is interesting that Brian Kelly's been there for ten years. And you got Coach O in LSU calling out UCLA, you know, with their sissy blue shirts and Chip Kelly put a whooping on him. So Chip Kelly seemed know. to turn it around. He's it seems yeah. like he's uh he's finally He's got two pretty decent wins, right? They beat Hawaii, and I think they're just, they just knocked off LSU. They, they, maybe the Pac-12 is ready to roll again. Possibly. I mean, it, it will, if they ever decide to complete this merger, they'll actually be playing better competition, and we'll actually see what... But, you know, Alabama, this is really just an embarrassment of riches. Take a formidable team like the Miami Hurricanes and just reduce them to nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's got former NFL coaches of the, as his coordinators. I mean, Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator there. He gets Nick Saban recruits the best players in the country at 70 years old. He's still getting it done. Uh, and, and you just wonder, like, why would a team like Texas and Oklahoma want to join in this mess or this array? Like you can't, you're not going to be able to compete with these guys. Like Georgia was just destroying Clemson. The ACC took a big flop this weekend. I mean, they got crushed, and Clemson really has nobody of value left on their schedule. So unless they run the table and win the ACC championship, they're likely not going to find themselves in the college playoff because most of the teams are going to come from the SEC. Unless they bludgeon each other to death, which is possible. I mean, you de- you definitely are going to be in a battle of attrition throughout the entire season. You know, like Georgia, least, you identify yeah, I mean, Alabama. At, yeah. at least two SEC teams are getting in, possibly three. 
you're gonna have one Big Ten team, right? It's gonna be one. So probably, I would probably say Ohio State again. Yeah, it's gonna be Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, it's not gonna be Michigan. The Michigan <laughs> Hardball can't get it together over there. It's not gonna, gonna be Northwestern Wildcats. Not what they got slapped, and then <laughs> uh, Wisconsin is just not. They're not that kind of material. Like they just don't. They don't get it done every year. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's what we're that's what we're looking at. It's only one weekend in. And I said it last year. I said it last year. The competition was down. It's just not even competitive anymore. They're blowing teams. They're blowing teams out. Nobody can. No one can stay on the field with Alabama. And that's kind of what people are signing up for. To go back to what you were saying about Texas and Oklahoma, why would they sign up for this? The answer, of course, is money. Uh, there's a great story uh, from the world of pro wrestling. Brian Pillman. You remember Brian Pillman? Yeah. So. They wanted to, back in WCW in the early 1990s, they wanted to cut his contract because he was making a shit ton of money. He, you know, he refused. He didn't want to renegotiate. So they're like, okay, so we're going to job you out every night. I may look at the lights, but I'll be the highest paid jobber you got. And that's exactly what Texas and Oklahoma are looking at. We're going to be the highest paid jobbers in this conference. Well, the highest paid jobbers in the Major League Baseball this year has been the Baltimore Orioles, but they seem to be able to stay on the field with the Yankees. Beating the Yankees in the season series 9-7 so far. And the Giants, for the first time since 2016, they finished the season over 500 against the Dodgers. Woohoo! Which is more significant, the Yanks having a sub-500 record against the O's or the Giants having an above-500 record against the Dodgers? I would have to say that it is the Yankees being sub-500 against the Orioles, not so much in terms of the direct competition and rivalry and anything like that. They are barely hanging on in this wild card. They do have the first <laughs> wild card spot. They're only up a half a game on the Red Sox. You have the Blue Jays only two games out. The Seattle Mariners are two and a half. Joe Rush, where are you at? Joe Rush, where are you at? They are two and a half games back of the second wild card spot. And even Oakland, three and a half games. This is a legitimate, legitimate race yeah fine the the giants beat the dodgers and they have a winning record against the dodgers the dodgers have a 14 and a half game lead over cincinnati for that first wild card spot so even if the dodgers overtake the giants and the giants don't win the division they're gonna host the wild card game because they are head and shoulders above everybody else so the yankees Got to get your shit together, boys and girls. You got to get your shit together. The Red Sox, with all those COVID players, they're a half a game. They're nipping at your heels. You have significant competition. And then last night, Garrett Cole leaves with a hamstring thing, says it's not serious, but... No MRI schedule. He can't afford to miss any amount of time with the wild card race being as it is. Yeah, I mean, I 
you make very valid points. Um, you and you're thinking in the. Sh- I feel like you're thinking like in the short term about who's going to make the playoffs and how this is all going to shake out. But I'm thinking in the long term. I'm thinking the Giants' record is more significant because the Giants and the Dodgers are likely to meet in the playoffs. So the Dodgers, the, the the Dodgers are stacked, right? So if the Giants meet the Dodgers, it has to be old school. It's going to be pitching, bunting, and moving runners over. The Yanks' stat is bad, but it's not damning, right? I mean, they're still it, it, it's it is sad, but it's not damning. We all know the Yanks were bad this year, right? We we didn't even think they were going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, but we did not know how good the Giants were going to be. Like, imagine, and 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 on the other half of that, imagine if the Dodgers get Trevor Bauer back. How the what the hell is that going to look like? Uh, they've pushed him back eight times already, but I, I just, I think, I think I agree with you that the wild card race is definitely on the American leagues in the American league is exciting, enticing. I don't think Oakland's got what it takes. Surprisingly, Toronto's making a run for it, right? They're two Mm -hmm. games back now, which would be awesome if they overtook the Yankees. Oh my God. That'd be hilarious. That would be ridiculous. That would be hilarious. But you know, is it, Garrett Cole not going to, want to get an MRI? Why wouldn't you? Then why'd you come out of the game? If you, if you why would? Oh, we already knew about this, and we've been dealing with it. What are you talking about, man? Why won't you go get an MRI? Why would you chance this? I mean, there's there's bigger and better things on the horizon. You're gonna right. you're gonna start your next game after having to come out. What, what are you talking about right now? Loisaka is out, right? He's he's mm-hmm. hurt. Yep. I don't, Britain is I don't, out. He's not playing. He's he's out. So the, the, the bullpen the Yankees, is definitely no one's catching the no one's catching the Rays. I mean, they're no. just beating everybody. They just beat they beat the Red Sox again last night, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I you just you don't want to face the Red Sox in a one game in a in a three game series. You don't want to face that team because you're gonna have to face Chris Sale one of those games. And everybody could say Garrett Cole's winning the Cy Young, and he's the best pitcher in the American League. I don't want to face Chris Sale. I wouldn't want to go up against Chris Sale in a in a winner take all or a very pivotal game one because that guy is lights out because he's been rested most of the year because he's been recovering from the surgery he had last year. No, definitely. And you also you have to take into account too that. You are in this race, and more than likely, you're going to start Garrett Cole in that wild card game. If you can, you're gonna have you to play. It. You're gonna have to play your guys all the way down the stretch just to yeah. make the damn wild card. Like yeah. you're not gonna be able to pick your starters. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you're not gonna be in position to be able to pick who you want to pitch in the game because you're going to be fighting for this wild card spot all the way into the end. But you still can kind of engineer your rotation because you're, I mean, Tampa Bay, you're playing, they're playing Tampa Bay the last weekend of the season. Tampa Bay's got nothing to play for. They're going to, maybe they would want to take particular delight in knocking the Yankees out more off, more likely than not. They're probably just gonna, you know, keep doing what they're doing, and they're indifferent to the result. So, the Yankees could possibly engineer their rotation to where Cole pitches that wild card game, or pitches on the last game of the season to get them into the wild card game, 
And where does that leave you? After right. that, you have Jamo Tyone, you have Corey Kluber, you have Luis Heal, you have Jordan Montgomery. Of those four, I would say Montgomery is yeah, probably Montgomery. the yeah. Like, and even then, like Montgomery's been decent. That scares the hell out of me, because right? <laughs> you know, like he is that like, guy the, scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> he's the Dollar Tree Andy Pettit. Like he really is. Like just because he's left-handed and kind of looks menacing sometimes, but he doesn't achieve the consistent results that they were hoping he would turn into the next Andy Pettit. So the Yankees, we've been saying this for forever. This is where, see, this is where not signing Tanaka. This is where it kind of plays out because if you sign Tanaka, who would you rather be pitching in the wild card game because you had to burn Garrett Cole? I'd rather throw Tanaka than any of those four guys. Yeah, throw Tanaka for like three innings, right? That's it. You just need him to open. That's all you would need him to do. He's not. You're not asking him to be a Cy Young starter. You're asking him to give you some innings for one game. But speaking of Cy Young, Walker Bueller of the Dodgers, he was the prohibitive favorite to be the NL Cy Young Award winner, but he got lit up against the Giants. Max Scherzer, his teammate, is pitching lights out. He was pitching lights out before he even got there. So did Walker Bueller just lose the Cy Young to Max Scherzer? I think he did, right? I mean, it's close. But Walker Bueller, 13-3, and 2.31 ERA, 184 strikeouts in 179 innings, right? Mm-hmm. Then you got Max Scherzer, 13-4, 2.28 ERA, 210 strikeouts in 154 innings. 15 less innings. And actually, it's 25 less innings. Uh, That's pretty impressive. And he did it for two different teams because he's playing for the Nationals in the first part of the year. So, yeah, I mean, I love Walker Bueller. I love his stuff. I think he's, he's a really great pitcher. But, I mean, Max Scherzer is the savior right now. He's the guy that's pushing the Dodgers over the hump with Bauer out. It is interesting because you actually have three guys that have been pitching supremely well for the Dodgers because you also have Julio Arias, right? 16 and 3. He need, yes. he leads the league in wins. Yep. So 16 and 3 with a 311 ERA. And nobody talks about this guy. Like that is mind-blowing to me. But Having said that, having these guys on the same team, like I could definitely see them splitting the vote. Same thing with like Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, right? On the, if you're on the same team and you're both pitching well, you're gonna take one will take votes away from the other, and ultimately it's going to kind of allow for somebody else to slide into that slot. And the only person who has kind of sort of even close numbers to Max Scherzer that could win it if the votes get split is Kevin Gaussman of the San Francisco Giants. You're looking at 13 and five, an an ERA of 2.58, a little bit higher than Max Scherzer, 192 strikeouts, 164 innings pitched. So 10, you know, okay. So 10 fewer innings pitched for Scherzer. So that's the only guy who's comparable. And that's the only scenario where I would say that Max Scherzer is not the front runner. 
if you get to that scenario and they just split the votes. Zach Wheeler, the numbers aren't as good. He's only 12 and 9. He's had a fantastic season. He's definitely tailed off. Woodruff and Burns, they're going to split. I, I really think that it's a two horse race. And, you know, Bueller's been good. Definitely, Bueller's definitely been good, but those other two have been significantly better. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the Fade Route brand only at the Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Speaking of significantly better, well, at least we think so, Paul Millsap and Lamarcus Aldridge have joined the Brooklyn Nets. Is there anybody else? Like, Is there anybody else they need to get? Like, Can they go get somebody else out of mothballs, maybe convince a Hall of Famer to sign with his team? Or do they finally have enough to where they're going to stop? How's this happen, man? Like, did they, these guys know there are other teams in the league, right? I mean, this is this is ridiculous. I guess the Lakers will definitely get Kevin Love now, right? I mean, they're going to have to. LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin, look, these guys that built Millsap, they're coming off the bench. These guys are starters on other teams. Like, come on. This is crazy. And they just flipped DeAndre Jordan and brought back Jaleel Locafort, too. So... They they have they have players. Like, it, it really is an embarrassment of riches. It, it is insane. Plus, they brought in Patty Mills as a free agent. You know, the they're really gearing up for like an Armageddon type series with with the Lakers that I don't think is going to come. Like just just because you're old, just because you're getting all these old guys doesn't mean that they're going to be there at the end, right? 35 ain't 25, as Shaq once said. You hope that the depth will be there, but at the same time, LaMarcus Aldridge has already had to retire once. So I, I, I don't know if this necessarily is a good thing. You know, they brought, I mean, they, they still have Griffin. They still have Harden. They still have Kyrie. They still have the core of this team built around Kevin Durant. And yeah, I just, I, I don't understand. The only thing I could think of is that like maybe you would want to flip some of these guys down the line if they do play well for you. But like, I, I putting that much age on a roster it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Order up. All right, boys and girls. It is the final order up. 
What up, what up? Of our preview for the NFL. And we've saved possibly the best for last. We are ordering up from four <laughs> to one. The AFC East. Who you got, Dick? Uh, yeah, I kind of made the argument that it might be the best coach division in football. But you certainly as far, did. As far as talent is concerned, I think the ones at the bottom of the pile are the New York Jets. Um, I just don't believe in Zach Wilson. Uh, I think I think Salah's a good coach, but I, I don't I just don't agree with how they went about things this offseason, not getting a veteran in camp and uh, signing Matt LaFleur's little brother to coach an offense, teach, <laughs> teach somebody, teaching some kid who played for BYU how to play quarterback in the NFL. So for that reason, uh, they are my basement dwellers. Um, I've actually flipped the flopped a lot since earlier this summer in regards to how I'm how I'm ranking this division and at number three I think I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins which is sad because for the last few years I've really thought that they were ready to take the division by storm and be really the number one team I just think Tua and the defense are gonna struggle um uh, Howard uh, on, on the on the cornerback Howard, not happy with his contract. Uh, I think Gaskin is going to actually have a great year. I think he's going to save them. I'm upset I didn't draft him on my fantasy team. I decided to take Chase Edmonds instead. I'm going to I'm going to really regret that. Um, but I I just I just think that New England and Buffalo are better than them at least this year. And number two, I have the Buffalo Bills. I just I don't know. I just think something's going to go wrong this year in Buffalo. I don't love their defense. Um, Jared, um, Josh Allen can't lead his team in rushing yards again this year. He's going to have to have Singletary and Moss step up, and I hope it's Moss because he's on my fantasy team. Um, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I just don't love their defense. I think their offense is great. Diggs is good. Uh, Davis, wide receiver, good. Um, Beasley. Very good. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna catch a million balls this year, uh, be a PPR monster. But I just. I, I. don't know what it is. I just can't see them finishing higher than second. And number one, in all your hearts, I think New England Patriots are back. And the reason why is I think they were seven and nine last year with Cam Newton and no defense. This year, all the the defensive players are coming back. They've got Mac Jones, who they drafted. They brought in receivers that can catch. Born. Aguilar, they brought in tight ends that can catch in um, John U. Smith and um, Hunter Henry. I-, I think they're gonna be like a ten and uh, ten and seven, eleven and six kind of thing. I think I think they're gonna. I think they got a chance. It's within the realm of possibility, and we're not that dissimilar. We do have we we do have differences, so it is not the AFC North again. So that's a good, that's a plus. But we are in agreement that the Jets are DFL in this division. I mean, they have the they're fielding the youngest roster in the league. Makai Becton is a good building block. He's going to have to be because he's got to protect Zach Wilson. Right? It's a yeah, it's a developing it's a development year. Hopefully Robert Sala is the guy that can get the most out of this team, but it's year one nothing. You're getting nothing. 
we also agree on the Miami Dolphins in third place. Um, I'm not still not sold on Tua Tungavailoa. All of the games or uh, all the games that they won because they went to the bullpen last year and brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, they're not going to have Fitz this year to win those games, right? So that's definitely something that they need to work on. Tua Tungavailoa needs to step up, and I don't know if he's able to do that. Gaskin. Gaskin's going to have a decent year. He definitely is. Gasicki, if Tua falters, Gasicki's going to falter. He's a it's a de- it's a dependent position. So I definitely see a slip for Tua and the Miami Dolphins. In second place, I'm going to go with the Patriots, just because Mac Jones is a question mark. As much as I think he is the most prepared of all the rookie quarterbacks, he is still a rookie quarterback. So he's going to need time to process the game. There will be moments where the game speeds up on him. That's life in the NFL. I do think that he is more than capable of getting past that. But at the same time, he's going to have to go through his growing pains. No one has stepped out of college into the pros and lit it up immediately. Everyone, uh, anyone who's anyone has struggled, which leaves by default, number one, the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's going to have a monster here. Stephon Diggs is going to be uh, going to be a monster. Hopefully they can get their running game in order. I can think of two running backs that they could call right now. They could really make it a lot better. But um, their passing attack, their defense definitely got exposed. But if they're going to outscore people, like if they're going to play shootouts, you can live with it. But their secondary is pretty good. Let's be real here. Their secondary is good. Defensive line is decent. Linebacker, that's really the area. Like the, the next level, the second level is definitely an area of concern. But I think they're going to... I think they're going to get to the next level and they're going to make some noise this year. That doesn't mean that the Patriots aren't going to make the playoffs. I think they are strong enough that they can make the playoffs and they could actually have two playoff teams out of the AFC East, the same division that has the New York Jets. But that's our four to one. What's your four to one? Hit us up at faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs at faderoutepodcast on IG or Hit us up on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ and let us know what you think. Calling all armchair food critics from the creators of As You Eat It on YouTube and the Fade Route with DNZ on Anchor comes a brand new food podcast series. As I see it, hosted by me, Z. We're going to delve into the world of competition cooking shows and break it down for you from the delicious to the ridiculous and everywhere in between. As I see it, we're going to have a great time. That's As I See It podcast available on Anchor, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Spread the word, spread it wide, like, subscribe, and share. Listen to As I See It today. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. 
Here we go, boys and girls. The segment that you have been waiting for all year since the Super Bowl. It is back. Our pick segment, the option, it's back. Are you ready? Uh, not a rhetorical question. Are you <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thursday. We start with Thursday. Oh, we get opener. to pick Thursday games now. Woo-hoo. I know. This is exciting, right? Moving to Wednesday was a great decision. So we have the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Who are you taking? I am taking Tampa over Dallas. We agree. Uh, Tampa Bay is a whole is bringing its whole team back. Cowboys are a little wounded right now. Skipping to Sunday, 1 p.m. Jags at Texans. Yeah, I think I said this earlier. I'm going with Trevor Lawrence to get his first win this weekend. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. I don't know, man. I saw that depth chart. They have a very representative team. I'm going to take the Texans week one. Okay. I'm going to take them in an upset. If you're going to do if you're going to take a, an upset flyer on somebody, week one is the week to do it. So why not Houston? Why not against the Jaguars? Chargers at Washington football team. I have the Washington football team. We agree. Chase Young. Might it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and if he doesn't, Montez Sweat will. Right, right. Seahawks at Colts. It was a hard one for me. It looks like uh, Wentz is going to play, but I'm still going to take the Seahawks. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think the Colts are 100 percent ready for for the, the 2021 season. This was a tough one. You're absolutely right. I'm going to go with the Colts again. That upset mentality. If you're going to do it. Do it in week one. I've been, you know, I saw it's like 75-25 in favor of the Seahawks. And just watching the Seahawks last year, I think we give them way too much credit sometimes. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Colts, and we're just going to roll with it. The Sam Darnold Bowl, Jets at Panthers. Oh, you know I'm with Carolina. <laughs> All over that. I am going to go with the Panthers as well, but I think it's going to be closer than we're letting on. It's not going to be 31 nothing. No. No, it's not going to be 31 nothing. although over under three touchdowns for Robbie Anderson. Oh, under. I think he actually has a down year this year. I, I, I'm, I'm on my boy Marshall Jr. to be the best receiver out there. Very interesting. Vikings at Bengals. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I didn't see enough for Joe Burrow to be able to get on board with him uh, being ready for this year. This was a tough one. I, I've been going back and forth with it. And, like, I'm go, I, I keep, like, oh, but Joe Burrow and Higgins and Chase. and uh, you, it, There's so much talent. But then you also have Cousins and Cook and Jefferson if Thielen may not play, Thielen is questionable right now. But oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so it's possible that he. I mean, both sides offensively are very super talented. 
I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one, too. It's just narrow. Just going to be a narrow, narrow smidge. But I'm going to go with the Vikings. Cardinals at Titans. Oh, this is going to be a good game. I'm going to take the Cardinals, but that was a tough decision for me. We are in agreement. This was a hard one. This definitely was a hard one. And looking at the poll, it was another 75-25 game. 75% picked the Titans to beat the Cardinals. Very interesting. That defense, though, that, that Cardinals defense plays. 49ers at Lions. Gee, that's tough. <laughs> 49ers. 49ers. Lions go 1-16. I, I think Dan actually signed a, a live Lion to kick. So we'll see how that goes. Niners in a route. Like, it's next. Moving on. Here's one. Steelers at Bills. I'm actually taking the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. And I think the game's in Buffalo. It is in Buffalo, yes. Um, that's, that's another tough one. Like They came out swinging. The NFL definitely came out swinging this year. And, yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. I, I think that uh, and est- they established the run game, and they get it going early, and they make Big Ben make big mistakes. Now, when you say run game, do you mean... Zach Moss, or do you mean Josh Allen? Who, who, when you say established the run game, who do you, who are you triggering you know, there? All three. That's oh. Terry Moss and Allen. Okay. Co- a combined uh, 150 yards rushing between the three. Uh, oh, okay. I'll take it. Eagles at Falcons, the Bird Bowl. Birds. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Nick Sirianni. I think they get a win, they get lucky. You know how I feel about the Falcons. Our fans know how I feel about the Falcons. I'm taking the Eagles. Game's in Atlanta, too. Game is in Atlanta. That, it is, that is true. Browns at Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs, but, I mean, I could see the Browns outscoring them, but I think it's a shootout, man. I'm going to take the Browns. I, I talked myself into it before. I, I think they're going to be able to do it. Now, they're going to probably make me look bad. Um, Packers at Saints. Jameis Winston's oh, first start. Saints over Packers. The shit hits the fan early with the pack. Wow. I'm taking the Packers. And I think shit hits the fan early with Jameis Winston. And Taysom Hill ends up in this game. Game is, I believe it's in Jacksonville or some. It's not in... It's not in New Orleans because of Hurricane Ida. No, they were practicing in Dallas. I think it is in Jacksonville. I think you're right on that. Uh, Broncos at Giants. I like the Broncos this year, man. And Saquon Barkley, we didn't really talk about it this week, but we'll be able to talk about it more next week. I still don't think he's right. I think they're going to limit his carries. And um, I think that Bronco defense is going to be coming after people this year. Giants aren't ready for this yet. The Giants aren't ready for this test. They're not. Over or under three turnovers for DJ? Turnovers, I'm going to go over. If you said three fumbles, I would have gone under. (laughs) But I'm definitely, I'm riding with Teddy Bridgewater, and I wished the Giants got Teddy Bridgewater. But that's neither here nor there. Dolphins at Patriots. Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. The game's in Foxborough. If the game was in Miami, I would probably take the Dolphins, but I think the Patriots win here. 
you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. If this was in, if this was in Miami, no shot. But the Patriots are going to roll in Foxborough Sunday night. Bears at Rams. I would take the Rams. I just think it's going to be too much. I believe the game's in LA. There's just going to be a lot for Matt Nagy and company to to swallow. And Stafford's first game, they're gonna they're gonna really go to work. I can actually see this being a low-scoring game. Believe it or not, the Chicago defense right. is. Yeah. I got the Rams defense. I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're going up against Andrew Dalton, right? So there's a My good. Man. Chance. There's a good chance. I'm saying there's a chance, but I'm gonna take the Rams as well. I, the Bears don't have enough offense right now. Like, even with Allen Robinson, like it's not enough. Not enough. And your Monday night special, Ravens at Raiders. Yeah, the Ravens. Um, but I think it'll be a good game. Um, I think the Ravens get a lot of win. After seeing Lamar last year come out of the come out of the locker room and beat the Browns, I, I just think that guy's magical. He could do anything. With a toilet paper on his cleat. Yeah, I remember. Oh, my good. Oh, Lamar. Oh, over under another bout of COVID. Oh, over. Over. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm taking the Ravens as well. I mean, the Raiders might steal it. There are scenarios where they, I definitely could see it. Josh Jacobs can run at it, you know, can be out of his mind. But Man, I hope so. He's on my team, too. Yeah. And I, I got the Ravens doing big things this year, so I'm going to say they start off strong. This has been the Fade Route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.